only half of Americans say they'll get a coronavirus vaccine when it's available. To the other half, why? There's a date for Disney World to reopen, but there's some rides we're a little leery of still. And today, we've got the internet's favorite advice giver, sorry, Polly et al., BuzzFeed's own Stephen LeConte with us to give us the truth we need to hear. The date, May 27th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey there, everyone. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. Okay, we need to talk about something that is all over Twitter right now, and it's that the iconic Gossip Girl books, the books, not the TV series, are getting uh, cover changes. They're going from like live action ones to illustrated ones. And I only say that this is a big thing because everyone's so upset because I don't know if people out there can remember them, but it's very much just like these bougie white girls with like tiny purses looking over their shoulder. And it was just such a thing when you were like a teen girl or anyone who was a teen reading these was just like, oh my gosh, look at this scandalous book I'm reading. And now it's illustrated. (laughs) Um, I never read the Gossip Girl books, but I have very firm memories of being in the YA section in like Barnes and Noble and seeing those covers. And I can only imagine that the outrage that you're feeling and the rest of the area is feeling right now is if... The covers of the Animorphs book series were changed up and modernized. And instead of the shitty CGI transformations, they had like a smooth illustration just completely ruins the effect. So you know what? I'm with you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Hayes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It is time for today's Corona update. Here are three things you need to know. One. The European Union proposed a 750 billion euro coronavirus recovery fund that it hopes will keep the continent from falling apart. The European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen made her pitch for the massive recovery plan to the European Parliament earlier today, warning the continent's countries that we either all go it alone or we pave a strong path for our people and for the next generation. Europe was the second epicenter of the outbreak after China, with Italy, Spain, and the UK all hit hard by the virus. There's still no guarantee, though, that the money will be approved. The full European Parliament still has to sign off on the budget, and some countries like Austria, the Netherlands, and Denmark are concerned about the price tag. I mean, that makes sense because it just feels like some of those countries might not have been hit as hard by the coronavirus as these other countries. But to quote High School Musical, we're all in this together. God damn it, Casey. (laughs) And so this 750 billion euro coronavirus recovery fund is going to be necessary if everyone's going to beat this and move forward for a stronger economy. I I'm so mad that that's such a good metaphor. Anyway, moving on. All right. Two. New Zealand is done with coronavirus. They've had it, officially. So the land of the Kiwis has been a massive success story throughout the crisis, immediately locking down and putting into place widespread testing. Today, their Director General of Health, Dr. Ashley Bloomfield, announced that there were no more people in New Zealand currently being treated for COVID-19 in the country's hospitals. That's after five days with no new coronavirus cases. At this point, only 21 people in the country of almost 5 million still have COVID-19. And three, even as scientists around the world race to find an effective vaccine against COVID-19, only half of Americans say they'll get a coronavirus vaccine once it's developed. That's according to a new poll from the Associated Press and the NORC Center for Public Affairs Research. 31% of the people polled simply weren't sure if they'd get vaccinated, so luckily there's still time for the overall number of people open to getting the vaccine to change. But about 
20% of the respondents, so one in five, said they just not get a vaccine when it's available, which, yikes. Of those people who said they won't get vaccinated at all, most said they were worried about how safe the final product will be. And given how quickly the process is moving, those fears are kind of understandable. But since any vaccine will be tested on thousands of people before it's widely available, making sure it's safe is clearly a top concern. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe I will be in the minority and I get that there's a fear for it, but I'm definitely getting this vaccine, especially after watching Catherine the Great and Hulu's The Great. She cuts her hand and inserts some smallpox pus into her hand so that she can be vaccinated. And you know what? If Catherine the Great can do that, I can do this. <laughs> That's the spirit, Casey. <laughs> All right. It's time for today's good news, bad news. This is where I bring you some of the most, oh, yay, and most, oh, my God, no stories from around the Internet. Good news for everyone who feels like they've watched everything on Netflix and Disney Plus while in lockdown. HBO Max launched today. The new streaming platform includes a metric shit ton of Warner Bros. giant film catalog. It's also got HBO favorites like Game of Thrones and will be the only place in the U.S. to stream Studio Ghibli's movies. HBO Max is also betting big on hit shows like Friends, which it paid an absurd amount of money for, and The Big Bang Theory, which I'm sure is good news for some people out there, but horrible news for me personally. And as a surprise bonus, all eight of the Harry Potter movies are already available, which most people didn't expect to be the case. HBO Max costs $14.99 per month and is available now. And this is not an ad. But uh, I would just like to say that I guess the price makes sense considering how much money they paid for Friends and Big Bang Theory. And now they have to make it all back. <laughs> yes, they do. Did you subscribe to it? I don't think I'm subscribed to it. I might. I use my dad's HBO yeah, right, exactly. I'm pretty sure I get it still. I think what people are confused about is if HBO Now and HBO Go becomes HBO Max, which it doesn't. They're separate. So there's just a lot of subscriptions to have. I so I just really want to quickly say uh, I'm so glad that you're with me on this. Uh, boo, Big Bang Theory train. <laughs> that show sucks. It sucks. I'm sorry. It's bad. Okay, I said it. Come for me. I dare Hayes, you. Hayes, they will come for you. I do not support Hayes. I'm not there. We love you. Hayes. Uh, all right. On to some bad news. Japanese reality show Terrace House has been canceled for the rest of the year after the death of one of its participants. The show, for those who don't watch, features a rotating cast of six people living in a house together and going about their lives in Japan as they form relationships with each other. As someone who absolutely loves this show, I can say it is the most cathartic and purest thing I've ever seen. Basically, people come and go from Terrace House for various reasons, some looking to advance their career, some looking for love. Last week, 22-year-old professional wrestler Hana Kimura, who was a house member on the current season, died of an apparent suicide after posting online about the cyberbullying she'd received after an altercation with a male castmate. The show has been on pause since April because of the pandemic, but now Japanese broadcaster Fuji Television says that the current season is done for the year. Uh, it's just so sad uh, on like so many levels, both for, you know, the death of this cast member and because the show, which I was so curious about what they do surrounding the pandemic that it's canceled for the year. Because like you said, it's such a cathartic show. I first saw it on Netflix at the start of 2019, and it's just such a good example of what reality TV can be. Oh, 100%. And it's one of those things where it's like, I guess they could 
some people might be saying like, oh, can't they just all lock them in the house and do the show that way? And it's like, no, that's not really what Terrace House is about. They like aren't confined to this home. This is basically just like a house that they live in and then they go about doing their, going to their jobs, living their lives and forming real relationships. So it would be like a disservice to it if they continued uh, in the current situation. For those listening, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Other international suicide helplines can be found at befrienders.org. You can also text TALK to 741741 for free, anonymous, 24-7 crisis support in the U.S. from the crisis text line. Huh. All right. When we come back, we've got Stephen Conti with all the advice you need today. Stay right there. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. I just can't believe that I did that with my life. Jay, we had like the most amazing time. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Today, we've got a new installment of DM911, dishing out the best advice we can to you, the listeners. With us again today is Stephen Lacanti, BuzzFeed writer, expert advice giver, and columnist on the website. After years of being the go-to person in his social circle for crises of the, ah, what do I do, variety, he recently opened up his DMs on Twitter and Instagram to let the public ask him for help with their problems, large and small. And he has absolutely delivered. Welcome back, Stephen. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so happy to be back. Oh, we're so happy you're back too. So Stephen, we've got two listener questions for you today. Let's go through them one at a time and get your wisdom on each. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay, here's one that's asking about wedding planning etiquette in a time of coronavirus. As ever, all usernames have been removed to protect the innocent. Hello, I am the maid of honor for a wedding that is planned to happen in October. With everything that is going on, the wedding will most likely be postponed or canceled. The bride and I are really struggling with how to proceed with bridal showers and bachelorette parties. Bridal showers are a great chance to connect with guests and receive super important gifts that they will have forever. Although we do not know if the wedding will continue or be canceled, I think it is important to throw a bridal shower, whether it be via Zoom or whatever. How do you recommend we proceed with bridal showers and bachelorette parties? Is it rude to have a 
a bridal shower if the wedding does get canceled? Okay, so here's my opinion on this, and everyone might have a different opinion, but here's mine. Absolutely have the bridal shower. Have the bachelorette party. Have whatever wedding events you would normally have. Just have them over Zoom so that you can maintain social distancing and so that people don't feel pressured to get on an airplane. I think this is a really weird time to be a bride or groom, and the more normalcy we can inject into the experience, the better off we'll be. Uh, Plus, everyone's so available right now. I think giving people an excuse to dress up nicely and have a few cocktails on the couch with friends sounds really lovely and and needed right now. So, Stephen, what do you think about the part of the question that mentioned uh, super important gifts that they will have forever? What do you think people should be doing in that situation? Well, I think... I think as long as you're only having one of each celebration, you're fine. As long as you're only having one bridal shower, one bachelorette party, it's not rude to have it. Because I don't know what she means when she says, what should we do if the wedding is postponed or canceled? And to that, I would say, it depends on what you mean by postponed or canceled, right? Like, uh, if the wedding is happening now, it's just happening at City Hall instead. They still deserve gifts and people will want to give them gifts. So I think it's totally appropriate to have the bridal shower over Zoom. I think what you're saying about like people wanting to give them gifts is so true. I had, I actually had four weddings to go to this year, very big weddings. And like the number one thing I wanted to do was send all of those friends something to be like, I'm still thinking of you in what would have been your special day. Like, here's this gift. Here's this alcohol. I sent some money for Prosecco, (laughs) you know, just like anything to make you feel a little bit better. And also I went to one of my best friends, bachelorette parties over zoom. And it was so much fun. They set up like a jeopardy board just about, the bride and we all answered questions and got drunk via zoom it was great oh that's awesome yeah i think this is really a time in our lives where we really have to look for reasons to celebrate and like if you're thinking about the fun thing do the fun thing and i think like you said we all wanted to surround brides and grooms with a lot of love and support right now i don't think anyone would hold it against you for deciding to do a bridal shower or a bachelorette party over zoom instead definitely not okay so let's jump into the second scenario we have this question which is all about a stand-up kind of guy My boyfriend is attracted to female celebrities. I understand that most people fantasize about celebrities. I've never understood the fantasy aspect of that, and I realize I'm a minority where that's concerned. It's just he ordered a cardboard cutout of this celebrity. It's an incredibly decent picture, and it upset me deeply. I tried to be chill about it, but he didn't tell me about it. I only found out via our nightly FaceTime chats, and it's just... I'm very uncomfortable with it because at the end of the day, he finds this woman super attractive. He's admitted this to me and he looks up to her and it makes me feel severely insecure in more than one way. How do I reconcile this? Like, can I tell him to burn the cutout or do I have to suck it up? All right, here's the thing. Your goal in a relationship should not be to strip away your partner's entire sexuality until they're only left attracted to you. Uh, Your partner's going to find celebrities attractive. They're also going to find strangers on the subway attractive, and they're going to find cashiers at the grocery store attractive. Uh, That's not some dangerous threat to your relationship. It's just the reality of how human sexuality works. I think at best, that's something that we can embrace. But even if you can't embrace it, I think you should definitely just shrug it off. And I think celebrity crushes are well within the bounds of a monogamous relationship. And it tends to be true that the strongest relationships are the ones where there's enough trust and mutual respect where you can joke about celebrity crushes, right? Like, 
Isn't that why all couples do those little lists of like, these are like your hall pass, the five celebrities you could have sex with? Yeah, but Stephen, I gotta say the cutout is kind of weird. Speaking as a dude, I gotta say, if I had a cutout of ex-celebrity, life-size cutout, just hanging out in my room when my partner is like not around, it's weird. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to be judgy a little bit there, but it feels kind of weird. I completely agree with you in terms of like having celebrity crushes, but once it becomes even semi-physical like that, it's it's different than having a poster. Well, I, I guess it depends on what he's doing with the cardboard cutout, right? <laughs> but, but to me, it's not inherently like some major red flag. I mean, she did mention that uh, his fondness for the celebrity is not purely sexual. Uh, she wrote that he looks up to her, which I'm taking to mean there's some sort of like larger admiration for her career, her talent, something like that. And she also said that the photo in the cutout is, uh, she wrote that it's incredibly decent. So, I mean, it's possible that there's something creepy going on with that. But I also know that these celebrity cardboard cutouts, like, there are things that they sell at the mall. I don't know. It, it could have been something that, at least to me, it really might not be like something that's like super sexual or like a kink or something, you know? And look, she did say that she feels very uncomfortable and severely insecure with what's happening. And I, I do want to say, I don't think that she should ignore those feelings or suck it up, as she said. I think she should address those feelings. I just think she should address them head on, Wh- whether that's alone or with a therapist. I think that there's probably some larger issues at play in the relationship, but I would focus on the bigger picture because to me, focusing on that cardboard cutout, that's more treating the symptom. And I feel like she probably needs to focus on whatever it's caused. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us and imparting your sage words of wisdom onto your readers and our listeners. Thanks for having me, you guys. I I love it here. It's so fun. Do you have a pressing concern that you need answered? Need the wisdom of Steven to solve your problems? Just open the voice memo app on your phone, let us know what's wrong, and email it to us at newsoclock at buzzfeed.com. That's newsoclock, all one word, at buzzfeed. Or you can DM us on Twitter, where we're also at newsoclock. If you do, be sure to let us know that you need Steven's expert opinions. It's time for the list, because here at BuzzFeed, we seriously love lists. And today, we're talking about the four rides you couldn't pay us to ride once Disney World reopens. Now, before the Disney fans come for us because we've made enough enemies this episode, we're with you. We also love Disney and Disney World. But the park announced its plans for reopening starting on July 11th. Yesterday, Jim McPhee, the senior VP of operations for Disney World, said that visitors will be required to wear face masks, submit to temperature checks, and practice social distancing. There'll be no parades, firework shows, or character meet and greets. And so basically, anything that could draw a crowd will be closed. So we're hopeful, but very, very skeptical. (laughs) And there's just some rides that just won't be the same post-coronavirus. So number one on the list of rides that you won't catch us on once the happiest place on Earth opens back up, the Haunted Mansion. Number two, the Hall of Presidents. Number three, Pirates of the Caribbean. And number four, the Tower of Terror. I am so sad because for some reason, the Haunted Mansion is like my number one favorite ride. Oh, I don't know. That's I, so sweet. I know. I love it so much, but it is like, I don't want to go into that elevator room anymore. With just like stuck to, with people next to me. I guess the rest of the ride is good because you're only sitting next to like one other person who's presumably your friend. But I mean, I guess gone are the days of being a single rider at Disney World. <laughs> right. Or maybe they're going to make everyone 
a single rider. Uh, no true, buddies. True. No one gets to sit with you, which kind of feels weird for like the actual small children. And I got to say, the, the Tower of Terror is my choice for like least likely to still work because of how much screaming you have to do. <laughs> and imagine that like elevate a giant drop and your mask flies off. What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> okay, also now I'm just thinking about the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. If only if they're only putting single riders on it and you're just sitting in the center of this big <laughs> boat and you're just like, oh, oh, I forgot to cut that part out. I, I sang that song wrong. <laughs> Instead of saying yo-ho, I started with ho-ho. <laughs> Close Christmas <enough>. going on. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, go to the North Pole. Pirates of the Caribbean 5, Jack is now Santa. <laughs> I think I'm crying. So those of you out there who are planning on going to Disney World once it reopens, good luck, stay safe, and please let us know if the pirates on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride also have face masks. And if they say ho-ho. <laughs> okay, we have time for one more thing, and today we cannot let you go until we talk about the fact that by the time you're listening to this, the U.S. will have attempted to launch astronauts into space from U.S. soil. If they succeed, it'll be the first time that NASA hasn't paid Russia to shoot people into orbit in nearly a decade. Uh, hey, Dan, the audio engineer here. Yeah, they uh, canceled this because of bad weather. It's happening Saturday now. Okay, carry on. Well, it couldn't be me because, as you know, I hate outer space. But thank you for warning me ahead of time that we're talking about it today, unlike our May 4th episode. Because I have a meltdown about space twice a year, and I didn't block out the rest of the day for me to rock back and forth in a corner. I need more of a heads up than this. I'm genuinely nervous. But guess what? I will prevail, Hayes. Okay, well, my meltdown aside, did we bring back the space shuttle from retirement? God, I wish. I, I'm so mad about that still. But no, this was actually thanks to friend of the show, Elon Musk, and his company, SpaceX. Please tell me that Elon was on the rocket. I cannot tell you that. I can tell you, though, the mission is called Demo 2 and is technically the final test flight of the company's spacecraft. And the plan is to send up two NASA astronauts when the thing launches from Cape Canaveral in Florida. If all goes according to plan, the Falcon X rocket will land in the ocean and the Dragon crew module with the astronauts will dock with the International Space Station. And how long will they be up there? TBD? It's somewhere between 30 to 119 days, so one to four months. That is so long and also so vague of a time frame. <laughs> right, and that's because space is, as you know, very weird and scary, and so they don't quite know when the conditions will be right for them to come back to Earth. I mean... Which is also why it's a big if that this thing actually launches today by the time all of you out there are listening. Hey, Dan the Audio Engineer again. It's not. Because right now, they're hoping that the weather in Florida, which is extremely fickle, lines up for the launch window. There was a lightning strike earlier today, so they're really hoping this all lines up. Yeah, isn't like hurricane season around the corner too? Like, that seems the... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, the fact that hurricane season is the thing that has somehow not fucked up all of our space flight over the last half century <laughs> is really amazing to me, I gotta say. Uh, so, Casey, cash dollars, how much to get you on the Dragon Crew space module? $10 million, and then I become the queen of space. I think that's a pretty fair deal, to be honest. I think, I think that's a so title. Too. Is it hereditary title? Will you pass that on to your children? <laughs> 
Um, no, it's mine and only mine. I will forever be the only queen of space. And that's what we will remember me for. <laughs> Noted. I, Elon, if we can get this signed and dealt with, I think that we can get Casey on a flight and be the first podcast in space. Suck it, Tom Cruise. And that's the show for today. Tomorrow we'll have Amber McReynolds, CEO of the Vote at Home Institute, to talk about how voting by mail is more important than ever this year. And remember, shooting a movie in space is cool. But what's really cool? taping a podcast in space. Elon, call us. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. Also, tell your friends about us. We love new friends. All new friends in 2020. Then set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hello, I'm Minnie Driver, and on my podcast, Mini Questions, I put together a little experiment. I ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions. Questions about the inflection points in their life, what they like least about themselves, and what relationship has defined love for them. This season, I'm coming back with new trailblazers, like Blondie vocalist Debbie Harry. I did have a revelation. It was at CBGB's, as a matter of fact. I was waiting for the audience to give it to me, give it to me. Then I realized that I had to make them. I had to command them. Artist and creative juggernaut Goldie. And I walk up to the mountain, I hike up. Just being in that environment and seeing life and death in front of you, right in front of you. And I go up there and scream and cry and, and, and laugh. And I find that being the happiest and many more. Join me as we continue this exploration on season two of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Give us your attention. We need everything you got fast. Waiting on reparations. We be the endless podcast. Tune in every Thursday. Politics and wordplay. We fight for the people because they got us in the worst way. From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye. From the left enclave to what the neocons say. Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation. And, and break us off with some bread because we waiting, waiting on, on reparations. reparations. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.